I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, McKelly Barrow. McKelly, what is up? I am currently in a park, hoping for some quiet time uh, while I'm recording this. But I cannot assure that. So I can already hear, I don't know if it's me or you, but there's birds chirping, and uh, it's it's actually like quite pleasant. Uh, okay. Also, also, what's quite pleasant is the Thunder have won three in a row. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's they, good. They actually, I mean, yesterday wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they're they're better than what they'd been post All Star break. Like that was a much better performance than what we had been seeing. Yeah, and. Like, there is a season of 82 games, and I know that because of the way OKC played during the past three to six weeks, you want them to play every game like like the best game they can. But sometimes the NBA, the NBA season is not bad. Uh, but good teams win games like the one that OKC played uh, yesterday afternoon. And sometimes they they win games like that the way OKC did. They kind of toy around, they make a run, then maybe the home team makes uh, uh, another run, and then the best player takes over and closes the game. I mean, the last, I would say, four, possession, four offensive possessions of, of OKC was Russ saying, I'm not going to lose this one. And actually, because that is something that he does multiple times but uh yesterday was a way like he he impacted the game and he actually succeeds in what what was his idea of how that game was to be closed and so sometimes you need games like that because in the playoffs you need your best player to take over to take what what the defense is giving him and actually make basket to win a game Mm -hmm. yeah he i think he got fouled on a jumper made it Went to the rim and they got fouled <clears throat> on a jumper by Andrew Wiggins pretty badly and went to the line. And that's how he closed the game, which is like, that's a sustainable way to close the game for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and there was a layup before that, I think. Yes. Or like like a very, very high arcing layup that we went right at the backboard. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that's how you beat that Minnesota team is that you just get into the paint. And you drive yeah. every time. And I was yelling it at my TV, drive. And there was one possession where I thought Russell was really good. And I feel like he's been really mm-hmm. good these past three games. And I we said this last week. Like Russell determines the ceiling and the floor of this team with the way that he plays the game on both ends. And that's yeah. that's it to me. I think that Paul George is going to fall in line with him and everybody else will too. And so it's really on Russell. Uh, what's going to happen? Is he going to let a personal vendetta against another player get in the way of this team playing the way they should? 
but he hasn't the past three games. And he really, he had an opportunity to against Reggie Jackson. Um, but he, that didn't happen. He was actually, he was spectacular in that game. One of the best Russell games I've, I've seen. Um, and I actually got to be there in person. I got to go to the game with my whole family, uh, for the first time in like two years, which was very nice. Um, but anyways, it was it's just been it's been nice to watch this team and think, oh, like that looks like the Thunder. And it wasn't the whole game yesterday. I think mm-hmm. the second and third quarters of yesterday's game were pretty miserable. Uh, yeah. And and part of part of it was the Thunder weren't playing great, and the other part of it was the Timberwolves were hitting some crazy, unsustainable, contested shots. It was it was insane. Andrew Wiggins, I think it was three or four possessions was just out of this world. And there was nothing anyone could do until Russell was like sicked on him. It was, yeah. it seemed like he was just untouchable. Yeah. And like during the, the game, like in the beginning of it, I, I had the same thought like, oh wow, they are making like contested shots. And then, okay, see, um, in the fourth and probably at the end of the third, they started really contesting shots. And you can tell the difference. Like when you're used to, to, to see mildly contested shots, you think, oh, wow, that, that Wiggins jumper was contested. And it was. But there is a difference. And if you want to, to see a possession where that is on full display is Russell Westbrook in the fourth on one possession decided you are not going to score. And he defended Wiggins very well. He forced him into a very tough jumper where Wiggins had no time to load the shot, no time to see the basket while he was loading the shot. And then he missed that. He missed that badly. And when you see actions like that, like possessions like that, you see, oh, wow, this is how defense is supposed to be played. And not that mildly contested um, thing that you did for the second and the third quarter. And I think mm-hmm. that Brett tweeted as much uh, during the game. I don't remember the exact words. But um, but there is a difference in the energy level, in the way you contest shots between uh, parts of the game for OKC. And it's good to know that that ceiling of being able to say, well, you're not going to score and actually succeed in doing that, um, it's nice to see that it's there. And uh, I wonder if they are able to sustain like a long stretch of that, uh, because that is has not been done since I would say December or mm-hmm. early January or some game here and there, for example Portland, for example Utah, because if they are able to contest in that way, this team is is tough to beat. Again, when they when they when they are engaged defensively, they are tough to beat. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's. That's how they were for portions of yesterday's game. And I thought that they were for the most part against the Pistons. I just thought, man, they're doing the right mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of, and actually, I saw Antonio Daniels at halftime, or actually at, right after halftime because he was doing the halftime show um, at the Thunder game. And he, we were talking about Blake. And I was like, what, like, what do you, what do you do with him? And he's like, well, like, everybody's mad that people aren't like running up to contest him. And like running him off the three point line, but if you're going to run Blake off the three point line, he's just going to murder you on the drive. Yeah, and, and I tend, yeah. to, I agreed with that because a lot of people are like, "Well, you got to run him off the line because he's making so many shots." And and Ad said it, 
he said, if Blake Griffin makes 10 threes tonight, the Thunder just lose. And that's just a game that you lose. Because yeah. it's that is not something that will happen on a nightly basis. And so I thought that they actually defended Blake okay. And then he just started mm-hmm. to miss shots. He's, he turned like back into Blake Griffin in the fourth quarter where he's not making every single shot. They did. Con- I thought they contested him okay. It was a mild contest. Um, but it was because you had to play him for both because he's such a tricky player to guard. Uh, but yeah, but that, that is different. That is a mild contestant purpose. Like, hey, will uh, you will key- you do this for me? Will you will yeah. you talk about that and then talk about that game? I have to go change my baby's diaper. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting here yeah. with me, and so I'll be right back. Okay. So. I think that Blake uh, has to be guarded in some in, in different ways during that game. They started off um, by avoiding deep catches and avoiding dribble penetration from him. And the way you do that is to go ahead, try to contest the pick and pops the best you can. And there were like a few instances of that where Blake was too open, and that was Grant's fault. But Adams um, was able to go like I, I would say four feet, three feet, and then try to raise your hand. That is the most you can do against Blake uh, if you do it with one guy. And so that was the difference in the first half. And because Billy is something who believes in what he does, but is also able to adjust during the game most of the time, um, he decided to change the cover a little bit and to be aggressive um, both in your, uh, in terms of taking out the, the the preferred line of penetration and stay a little bit closer uh, to Blake uh, in order to avoid clean catches and clean um, looks from three, and that really changed uh, the outcome of the game because if you can put a player outside of his comfort zone and and clearly Blake found found a rhythm, he was hitting like. Uh, threes, catching the ball with with his back at the basket, something that that like really great shooters struggle to do, and so uh, it, it was clearly in his own. And if you want, if you are like um, a coach, like an, uh, that that wants to stop a guy like that, you need to put him a little bit away from his comfort zone. And I think that that was what happened uh, in the second half. And and again, there is a a huge difference between I'm doing a mild contest on the, on the three-point shot because that is the best way to defend Blake or one of the best ways uh, to defend Blake and I'm doing a mild contest because I don't want to do a harder one, uh, even if a harder one could be necessary. Like against Wiggins, um, on, uh, like uh, last afternoon, uh, they were running towards him and closing out a little bit too soft. Uh, they were a tad late on rotations. And when you do that with a guy like Wiggins that has all the trust in the world to say, well, it's okay, see, I've been great and I will be great again, um, then you put yourself into an uncomfortable situation. Um, with Sharge, Sharge was kind of out of the blue. He started hitting shots and it faded, but uh, that was scary. Um, and sometimes you don't have weapons. Like if Steven Adams uh, starts to eat trees in a game, like I would bet that the, the counter would not be there from the opponent team. Oh, Sharge is not is not Adams, of course. But say that uh, Jeremy Grant goes 
seven out of ten. Like, I don't think that the opponent coach will have uh, a, a good solution immediately. And so sometimes you have to just play the way you were supposed to, maybe being a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, that is the main um, thing about the difference of mildly contesting something that you are supposed to contest in a certain way and trying to adjust during the game uh, to, uh, to a, harder, a harsh coverage uh, of a player. I'm sure that was all just really, really good content. <laughs> I didn't hear all of it. I heard the end of it. Sharch was un- unbelievable there in the third yeah. quarter. He was just unstoppable, yeah. and it, he 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 hit everything. He was five of nine from three. He's he was unbelievable. It was so stupid. It was five out of seven at a certain point. Then he missed the last two, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was so stupid. There's there was that stretch in the third quarter. You're like, what in the world is happening here? Like, give me a break. Like those guys haven't shot like that all season. Neither one of them have. Uh, and was, then, was that the time when I texted you? Yes. Probably. Probably yes. <laughs> yes. It's just like give me a break. And then Schroeder came in the fourth quarter and took over himself, but he took over in a way that's not like crazy. But he like he's getting to the free throw line. He's getting to the rim. He's hitting that jump shot. Uh, and he to me the Thunder don't come close to winning that game without Schroeder. And that's how like that's how important he is. He's an X factor on this team. And he'll be he will be come the postseason. If he has a bad five or six games, the Thunder it's it's hard to overcome the offensive deficiencies the Thunder have if Dennis Schroeder can't play well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um and it's it's also it's not just OKC. If you have like your second unit that is not able to manufacture any points, and when Schroeder has no jumper going or no floater going, the defense will be well. Just I'll give you six feet of space and good, good luck. And if Schroeder is not able to make that shot or, or to to take advantage in that type of actions, it's it's just difficult to score. And speaking about scoring and not really defending, but at least scoring, I, I, I listened to the, um, the Dream Team uh, of you and Brad, and I think that you were dead right. You were like, uh, you said it probably a couple of weeks, weeks ago, you have to give uh, Markeith some shots. Mm-hmm. And when he goes to between 8 and, and 15 shots, I know that 15 sounds a lot, um, I think that you can get some production out of him. And I didn't mind the three-point shots that he took last night. He took five of them. If I'm not mistaken, he made two. But they were good shots. And then he took some very good post-ups. And Keith is that player. And you have to feed him in order to have some production out of him. And, and last night, we actually saw something that I think in the playoffs we will see more than what we did in the regular season, which is Keith at the five. Last night, it was like because of the foul trouble. Of Steven Adams, but to be honest, like if you know that Keith can slide in that spot, and so you have three players that can play the center effectively, then you can allow Steven to be a tad more aggressive. And aggressive Steven is better than oh, I have to control myself, Steven. And so I think that Billy trusts Markeith uh, in, in that five spot. He cannot play any matchup, but he can if he can s- stay and be okay against a guy like Towns, mm-hmm. I think he can be okay 
like not okay in terms of yeah he's good in, in, in defending uh, towns but at least it was, it was not embarrassing yeah. it was something that you can hold for five minutes and not be murdered yeah. and so I think that that is important and he, he was engaged I know that he missed every rotation but uh, in terms of being engaged in one on one defense that is already a first step that is very important to, to understand where a player is at in terms of motivation in terms of understanding of, on, of what he should do on the court yeah, and he he's he's important in a lot of ways to this team, and I know he hasn't been good. I'm I'm very well aware of how bad he's been for this team, but if he can play twenty ish minutes, if he can take ten at least double digit shots, like I think you're going to get the guy that was advertised because mm-hmm. he. Like a lot of guys are like this, and that's why a lot of guys just don't make it in the league. If if you get four shots a game, and whether you make or miss them determines the career that you have, well, that's why guys just don't make it. Like it's mm-hmm. that's really hard to do. Those specialists that can come in, take four or five shots a game, and shoot a good percentage, and be helpful to your team, like that's there's not there's just a, not a lot of those guys that exist, and that's why they're inconsistent. That's why. That's why you know, a lot of the Thunder players on the bench are inconsistent with like Nerlens Noel and guys like that. They're they're inconsistent because they don't get a chance. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got my baby here. If you hear like um, any uh, breathing that's that's heavy, he's got a cold, <laughs> and he's and he's probably going to be coughing and talking here. So just. Um, just enjoy the birds and and the sound of my eight month old baby. <laughs> this uh, is a dad dad pod. This is we, we know that you you know that this is one hundred percent dad pod. Yeah, <laughs> um, but on what you said, I mean, guys like you, you can see that even guys that you think are what you need, like Wayne Ellington. Yeah, Wayne Ellington, like. He was a specialist in Miami, used very little because of certain problems. And those certain problems were on full display against Detroit. Like OKC targeted every single possession, exactly in the way that Minnesota targeted Schroeder at the end of the game. And it it, it is the same way in which Abdul Nader gets roasted every single night. At a certain point, at the end of the season... If you need a basket, you go to the weakest link on defense. And trust me, Ellington was incredibly bad uh, against uh, against OKC. And so, it is hard to get to have players that can be okay with taking four or five shots like Terrence is, and still being able to to be effective on the defensive side. There are very few of them, and that's why guys like Ferguson has like. Um, even Abrinas in his times are of great value because they don't need a certain amount of shots, but they will provide defense for you. And they are rare, and uh, it's already good to have a couple in the roster. There's no question. And those guys are hard to find. And you don't know who they're going to be. I think, and we've texted about this back and forth over and over again, about Nader, that I think the Thunder are wanting to see if Nader can be that kind of guy. If he can be a shooter off the bench, take three shots a game, and still shoot 
you know, on an average, 36 to 38 percent on the season. If you can do that kind of thing, like that's great. One, because they have them on a really cheap deal. Uh, mm-hmm. And two, like they need a replacement. <laughs> exactly. They need a replacement for Alex Abrinas. And I think they've been trying to find out if he's that. And I think that they determined he is not, which is a good thing. Um, he is and- not yet. No, he's not. Yeah, important to say. True, true, yeah. true, true. He's still very young. Um, mm-hmm. But he's he's super young, but I, they've determined that he's not that guy this season. Exactly. And uh, they're they're playing Ray. And it's it's not, and I, I mentioned this on Thunder After Dark, if you've already heard this, but it's just almost hilarious that the Thunder get to the end of the season and they were relying on a small guard to play at the wing spot again. Again. I mean, yeah. it's Derek Fisher. It's Randy Foy. It's all these guys over and over and over again. And now it's Ray Felton. It's just, it's hilarious that they, you think that you have these wings, you know, Perry Joneses of the world, you know, all, all these guys. And then it always comes back to this small, thick, point guard that has to play up a spot because you don't have enough wings yeah that's that's kind of unfortunate this season has all the justifications possible like you had Bray, you had alex um tlc i never had any kind of trust in it in him i think that billy could have done a, a slightly better job in trusting diallo and or burton a little bit more because I thought that for like OKC wasn't playing bad when Diallo was inside in, involved in the rotation. The numbers were bad all because uh, Diallo played a lot when Russ wasn't there, and the second unit with Russ uh, on the bench, like with Russ uh, not available, were really really bad. And so maybe Billy had a very quick trigger. He saw in Nether some shooting potential and wanted to, to to try him badly. And to be fair, like a couple of games here and there, he shows signs. But again, if you go back and look at those games, he had kind of an high volume of shots to, to be in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one where he actually won the game for them, I think, was against Utah, uh, the second yep. game after, or the first game after the All-Star break. Um, but that was really an outlier. Yeah. For the rest of the games, uh, I cannot think of a game where, where I can say, oh, yeah, uh, Nader was great in that game. Phoenix on the road. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe so. And maybe uh, another one on the road, maybe maybe Utah again when he dunked over someone. I don't remember. He's, uh, ha- he's, had, some, he has had some moments this season yeah. where you can see it. Like, okay, he can, but, he can be an offensive player. But the defensive, exactly. the defensive stuff, he's got a lot to fix, and some of it is he's not that athletic. Like he's shown some, like some burst of athleticism, like to get to the rim, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. not side to side athletic enough mm-hmm. to be a wing that plays more than ten minutes a game. Yeah, not with that body type. If you look at him, he is not. Uh, he can lose a. a uh, I would say some pounds, not just of um, of body fat, but even of muscles. He's very bulky, and yeah. he's not like he has some body fat to, to shed. And maybe 
if he got 100% uh, in shape, he could be a tad faster. And those things matters a lot. But to me, with, with Nader sometimes, he, he's not able to understand where to be on the court. And sometimes Jeremy has these problems. And so Jeremy can, can make up with his uh, body type and with his coordination and with his speed. Nader will not able to do that. And, and that's why I don't know if he can uh, learn quick enough to, to play um, team defense because he didn't show um, improvements, like great improvements throughout the season. Whereas Jeremy, you could pinpoint uh, a curve, like a curve in the right direction in terms of learning where to be and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I said I, I cannot remember like very good games from, from Nader and I have, yes, two or three spots, I can really remember where Deontay Burton was effective on defense. <laughs> no. Let alone the offensive side, because it's yeah. really, oh, tonight, yes, tomorrow, no, tonight, maybe. So it's it's really inconsistent. But defensively, I remember him guarding James, James Harden. I remember yeah. him like it was today. Mm-hmm. I remember his feet moving very quickly and sliding in front of James Harden. And I don't care what you do on offense. I, I really don't. If you're able to guard... James Harden, one-on-one, you are an NBA player, period. There's nothing else to be to be searched, okay? And you are an NBA player. Now, if you are like a three-minute, five-minute NBA player that can work as a, a stopgap in terms of defense, fine. If you are more than that, you have to build other things. But those other things are there in spots. And so I really didn't understand why... Billy went that route. Maybe he wanted to have a longer development of Burton, like a longer playing time in the, in the G League in order to give him more minutes and more train uh, to be ready next season. That could be something. But I would have tried him way more than what Billy did. Because I saw, like, in the hardest games that OKC won since January, Burton was there. And Burton was playing meaningful minutes. Yeah. And I don't understand why he he was left aside. Um, I, I know what why now you pick Raymond uh, because you trust him, but you could have built a more uh, wider trust in Deontay Burton. I th- I think it started as a cost saving move, where they didn't mm-hmm. want to play him anymore as their two way guy, and they they saved like forty five grand every day that he was not on the team, <laughs> and Clearly. so yeah. Like if you can do that, and like I, I get it. But then, like when you sign him to the deal, just that, play him. That's yeah. when you had you had the you had a window to play yeah. him and to get him minutes and to see if he's ready if he could play playoff minutes. I think you'd have enough. You know, they had enough time to know that, and they yeah. just didn't do it. And that was a that was a yeah. mistake. The Diallo stuff, I get it. Like yeah. Diallo's not ready. And that's all right. Like to be twenty years old in the NBA, have crazy athleticism, and even while wow. even while Diallo was yeah, playing crazy well, crazy Arden, I know crazy. Yeah. Right? Even while while Diallo was playing well, Billy was telling everybody like, "Yeah, this is not going to last. Like, yeah. there's just no way that he's going to play this well for this long. It's just not going to happen." And it. I get that, but Deontay's stuff is a little bit crazy because he's a guy that has a lot of skills. Like he can do a lot of things, 
And we don't really know yet offensively what he's going to be as an NBA player. Uh, but there's only one way to find out. And if yeah. you're going to give Nader that long of a leash, like that's where I don't get. Like Deontay's a better defender, better passer, uh, better defender. He's maybe not. A, he's definitely not a better shooter. Uh, no. Then the Nader, and that's really all that Nader has. And I and I get wanting to have that skill. I mean, for crying out loud, if you get on Thunder Twitter, everyone, anytime I say anything about shooting, people are always saying, "Well, you know, the Thunder can't shoot at all." And so, yeah, of course you want to put as much shooting on the floor as you can. Uh, but if you if you have a guy like Deontay that can play multiple positions, that can really pass it, that can defend James Harden, because there's a chance they're going to play James Harden here in the first round. And right now they don't have a ton of options. If Paul George plays on him and gets in foul trouble, you're screwed. Like you're absolutely screwed if that happens. And so it it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Yeah. And you can throw Deontay. They, They can still throw him out there, but it's just disappointing that he didn't get, you know, enough run in the regular season. Yeah. Because if if they play Houston, I I would not be surprised at all if Deontay plays. Heck, he may play Tuesday in a in a really really important game. He may play Tuesday because they just don't they don't have a ton of options to throw on him. They're gonna th- yeah. try Ferguson. They're gonna Westbrook will have his time on him. George will have his time on him, and then off the bench, like who's gonna guard him off the bench? Yeah, I, I think that those three players are the ones who will take turn, and yeah. Ray will pick the other one. But but yeah. it's is it is thin, and there's no way that Jeremy guards any of these guards, uh, no. meaning Paul, uh, Gordon, and and Harden. So it is going to be. He could tough guard Gordon, and, don't you think? Sorry. He could guard Gordon, don't you think? Felton. Oh, I thought Grant? you said Jer- you said Jeremy. No, 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 Grant. I don't think so. I, I, I really don't think so because Grant is not good in guarding uh, players that are way out in space. Yeah. And Gordon, Gordon starts to play nine. Uh, I would say nine meters, which is uh, twenty-seven feet. I think. Yeah. Um, outside of the, um, out of the basket, and so it's hard for him to to, to defend in space like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I think that Jeremy will guard PJ Tucker almost exclusively, and then yeah. guys like Daniel House or, or or guys like that. Yeah, that makes but sense. Speaking in terms of rankings, the Houston game he is is very, very, very important. <laughs> it is so massively important because there there is a scenario here where the Thunder get the most ideal matchup and seating possible. It's and yeah. it's uh, the biggest ifs ever. But here's how it happens: the Thunder want to stay in six for this to happen, and so they yeah. need Utah to win a game. And then if if Utah wins one of these games, then the Thunder stay in six. If the if Utah loses out, the Thunder could be in the four or five matchup. Yeah, um, but Thunder have to win out for that to happen. And so yeah. if they, if and if they do that, then Houston. Well, there, there's so many scenarios; it's just ridiculous. But here's yeah, here. but, but yeah, but Utah's won. Let's stop for a second. Okay. Utah just lost to the Lakers. That's unbelievable. That is such yeah. a that's it, a crushing loss for that team. 
Yeah, and they have two very, very, very hard games to yeah. play. Because one, I think, is against the Clippers. And the other one is against Denver. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Those are two very hard games, and the other two teams are desperate for winning. Is like Denver? Three. Denver threw last night's game. Yeah, I know. But they probably, I don't know. Uh, yes, but... They, maybe maybe they won't. Do they want others. to go to the three? <laughs> do they want to go down to the the three seed? And I don't know how many games Portland is back. It's two games. Like oh, back yeah, they two are, games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they need to win at least one, and I think they will go ahead and try to win against Utah because it's the You're next right. game. They need to win two. I don't know why they threw that game. Why did they I do don't know. that? I don't know. They sat, every, they sat everybody, but they opened up a window for my dream playoff scenario. and yeah, Which is 4-5 against Portland? No, it's 6-3 against Portland. So if the Thunder went why is out... That? Why, why, why is that? Why is 6-3 different from 4-5? Four, four, Let me explain Portland. it to you. Let me explain it to you real quick. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. Yes, you're yeah. right. Of course so, you're right. So the Thunder get... If, so if Portland wins out... They have the tiebreaker against the Houston Rockets. And if they win out, they have two games left. And they are pretty easy, I think. I think they have the Lakers. Yeah, they have the Lakers on Tuesday night. And then their final game, I'm pulling it up. I'm hoping my internet will get a little bit faster. Um, They got the Lakers and they have Sacramento on the 10th. Yeah. So if they can win both those games and the Thunder can win out, which means they beat Houston. This is why this Houston game is so, so important. That lines up a 6-3 matchup with the Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers. And the reason that this is better than the 4-5 is because... Is the one. You're outside of the Golden State bracket. You put yourself on the other side of Golden State in the bracket. And you do 4-5, you play Golden State in round two. Which honestly, like to me, yeah, if you if you can get if there's any way you can get Portland in round one, you do it. Mm-hmm. Like you just do it. Yeah. That team almost lost to the Nuggets B team last night. Like they, yeah. it was narrow. I thought they were going to lose, um, but yeah. they ended up pulling it out. But you get so you would get uh, the Nuggets in the second round theoretically in in this scenario. And everybody's talking about how you want the Nuggets in the first round. Like, ugh, like I, I would pick the Nuggets in the first round against the Thunder just because yeah. I've seen the Nuggets perform more consistently than OKC. But if you can get yeah. Portland in round one and then the Nuggets in round two, like you have a chance to like to save this season. I don't. I would still pick the Nuggets to go to the conference finals. I wouldn't pick the Thunder. Yeah, um, so but at least you have a chance. Yeah. And let's talk about the, the scenario that will ha- actually happen, which is OKC will lose against Houston. Yeah. And then what happens then is they are most likely eight because they, they will have um, most likely the same record of the Clippers. Yeah. And the Clippers, if they have, well, if the Clippers lose out, then they they will be the seventh seed. Yeah, I was going to say seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's say that, that the Clippers, Clippers play the Jazz. Won. The Clippers play the Jazz, which is a huge, huge game on yeah. the last day of the season. That's their last game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, 
if if they win either one, they will have a better record record against the Western Conference, and so they will get the tiebreaker. Yeah, and that's that. That's the key. So if OKC wins against Houston and loses against Milwaukee, they I don't think that they can go. Uh, uh, well, there are many 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 things. Let's say that if they win against Houston, they are in a very good spot to get higher than seven, mm-hmm. seven or higher. If they lose that game, they will likely be seven or eight. Yeah, this Houston game is is huge for yeah. for and it's huge for, for both teams. Yes, be, for both fair. teams, it's huge, and so it, it will be playoff playoff atmosphere. I think it will determine every, it will determine where the Thunder end up because if they beat Houston, I think they'll beat Milwaukee, who is. Um, Probably not, not playing anyone. Probably not going to play Giannis at least, and then you have you got a chance to beat to beat them, and the Thunder have a chance to beat them anyway. Like we saw them beat Milwaukee with Giannis, but yeah. I don't think I wouldn't bet on that happening again. Uh, but if the Thunder can, if they can pull out a game against Houston, which is a huge if, they just they poured 149 points on the poor Phoenix Suns yesterday. It's funny yeah. they made 27 threes <laughs> last night. Um, the same team that missed 27 threes in the Western Conference Finals, they made 27 last night. They were 27 of 57, which is just mm. insane. Yeah. Um, but there could be a good rehearsal anyway of yeah. how your defense should be in the playoffs. Exactly. And the Thunder, they were in, this, they were in the same spot last season. Remember when they beat Houston mm-hmm. in, in Houston around this time of year for playoff seating, for home court advantage, actually? which the Thunder don't have the opportunity to get this season, which is just hilarious. Nope. Um, yeah. But they, they won that game, and it was massive. And yeah. the, the Thunder have the opportunity to do that. And against a, a better version of the Rockets, I know some people are coming out saying, well, I think this Rockets team is better than last year. I, I don't agree um, because I think I, – I don't – I mean, Chris Paul has been good, but I don't think that he is the same guy that he was last season. Um, James Harden is probably maybe even a little bit better. Maybe that's why people say that. But the surrounding cast is, I don't think, is as good as last year's. No, no, I don't think so. So it's a, at least, and it's at home. You are a very high fan, a very big fan of Daniel House. Yeah, he's good. Like I'm, he's good. I wouldn't yeah. throw shade at him. Like he's good. No, but this it's a, it's a, such a big game and i know it's going to be loud and i hope this thunder team shows up cuz this is a this is a better thunder team than last year and i i know the record may not say it at the end of the day the seeding is obviously not going to say it at the end of the day they've had a historically bad run uh before these last mm-hmm. three games it was so it was so so bad and it felt like is this is this our team? Is this the team that they're going to be? And I don't. I never really thought that they were. I always thought that things would bounce back a little bit. Um, but if there's any regular season game that holds significant meaning, and all of these have felt like that recently, like even yesterday's felt like that, because it it actually it is significant. But this one is the one because this gives you the chance and Portland has to keep up their end of the bargain too. They've got to win their last two games, but if the thunder can beat them and beat Milwaukee, and if Portland can win out, then the thunder find themselves in a highly favorable scenario. And they also need yeah. the jazz to win. They need the jazz to beat 
the Clippers is the other caveat. So there's yeah, there's well, so, there's they have two, to win one. Yeah, they have to win one. There's just two. To yeah. me, I don't think it's going to happen because there's too many moving parts for this yeah, to exactly. work out. Like, it, like you have you're counting on two other teams to do something as well as you do something that feels relative not impossible because I do think the Thunder have played Houston well this season, even when Houston was playing good. Uh, but it 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 feels like some like I would give it a 10% chance of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but still it's out there and there's, yeah. <laughs> that would be my hope for the playoffs. If I'm, if I'm trying to get hope for the playoffs for the thunder, like it, there it in lies and it's a 10% chance. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that that is the, that would be the best. Um, not sure. It's not really the, the most likely scenario, but uh, if the Thunder no. wins out, um, they will. I think they will be uh, higher than than eight, and probably they will be in a Denver matchup. Follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Hey, we're having a live podcast this Thursday night. Anthem Brewing Company, downtown OKC, seven o'clock. We're having special guests. Um, the the uh, Down to Dunk crew will be there, plus uh, some of the OKC Dream Team crew will be there as well. So it's going to be super fun. So if you listen to both those podcasts, uh, it'll be a great time to, to come hang out. Uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with maybe Alex Spears.